0: podcast answer man episode number 375 entertaining educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference
1: this is gspn.tv join
0: the community hi this is chuck brown from the hide your word podcast hl mencken once said those who can do those who can't teach it sounds profound But the man clearly never met Cliff Ravenscraft, the man who has taught tens of thousands, including yours truly, most of what they know about podcasting. And he just happens to have found the time to churn out a few thousand podcast episodes of his own. Cliff Ravenscraft, he is the Podcast Answer Man. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to taking your message, your business, and your life to the next level. That's right, my friends. It does not matter if you are brand new to this online content creating world we live in, or if you've been creating content for many years, there's something you can always do to take everything you do in life to the next level. That's right, my friends. And taking things to the next level is what I was forced to do here in my studio today as I'm broadcasting live on Ustream as I'm recording this episode for you in audio. Oh, boy. I just spent the last, I think, probably 40 minutes reconfiguring my entire video setup. This is one of the reasons, my friends, why I prefer audio over video. But I've been really enjoying my venture into the video space as well and, and connecting with those who are watching my recording of Podcast Answer Man on YouTube afterwards. I've been posting the video embeds of the YouTube recording of this podcast episode uh, in the show notes. If you haven't done, if you haven't gone and seen one, uh, you might want to check it out sometime. But certainly, I have made it a point to make sure that when I'm recording this episode of Podcast Answer Man, that I am not referring to what people can see in the video I'm making a, I'm making sure that in the audio for you listening in your car for you right now that are you're out there walking your dog I know who you are I see you I do I see you out there walk, walking your dog I know there's okay I see those of you who are out there on the treadmill on the on the elliptical jogging you're out there running what beautiful sunny day for some of you you're out there running on a on a super wet horrible day How? why are you out there running listening to me right now I know that you exist, I know that some of you are in airplane mode on your phone and your actual, or your other eye device, or whatever device, and you're listening to my voice as you're on an airplane flying to some place, some new destination for some reason. I record my content for you. That's who I record it for. I record it for you first, those of you who are listening to my voice first. And I just so happened to also record it on video, and I found a way that I can actually record this, and it's more than just the audio, and it's more than, you know, just seeing some guy and looking over his shoulder, which is what I started out doing, just the over the shorter view, but I found a way to create the content for the YouTube audience where it's engaging for them, too, because I've learned how to look directly into the camera lens and that's exactly what i'm doing right now and normally i would never tell you these things because i create this content for you first uh and 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 now i'm going to look at the camera and i'm going to say i create it for them first not for you but i'm glad that you and now i'm talking to the people on youtube in the video space i i'm glad they're there as well but this is first and foremost an audio podcast, and the reason why I love it is is because number one, it doesn't require your screen time. You can go about doing your thing, and video or audio files are so small and easy to take with you, even if you're streaming and you have uh, limited bandwidth or limited uh, megabytes of data that you can download. Anyway, all of those reasons, you, you guys know why I love video or love audio over video. And if by the way, if you don't know all the reasons or at least the main what is it five or six reasons why audio is better than video then go to podcast slash ninety days podcast answerman.com slash 90 days it will it's a talk where I gave teaching people why they should create a podcast within the next 90 days why it's the single greatest investment that you can make to take your brand your message your business your life everything you do connecting with people to a whole new level unlike any other platform out there including YouTube although uh, I look at some of these you know these twenty-something and teenage boys that have millions of girls all over the world going gaga over their celebrity status on YouTube, and I wonder, okay, well, they certainly got something going on that I don't, but that's okay. I don't compare compare myself too often to the the things that those folks are doing, but it's an exciting world that we live in. And and by the way, let me just share with you why um, I'm an hour late and why I'm going into all of this in this opening monologue that. Happens to be a part of my format that I love. Thank you very much. Uh, and the reason why is because a couple weeks ago, actually, let's, it might be a couple months ago now, but a, long, a while back, I had been experiencing some issues with my Canon Vixia uh, HFG10. I actually had talked about it. I took it to the podcast movement conference with me, and I told you guys that I had a friend of mine, who had agreed to record the video of my closing keynote at the Podcast Movement and the camera kept shutting down just sporadically. I have, I'm not gonna go into great detail on that because I've talk, told this story before. Well, I went out and and I brought it back and it was still doing that on my live stream. It shut down a couple times while I was recording live uh, a while back. So that week, I decided to order a Canon Vixia HFG30 and I think I've already told this story and i've been using the canon vixia hfg30 with my wireless lapel mic i use a by the way i use a sony uwp wireless lav system for those of you who are wondering if you want to see my uh, youtube video review of that it's old by the way but you can find it at sony or no slash uwp like umbrella william paul so slash uwp Anyway, I had been using it uh, for some other things. In fact, I created the, uh, the tutorial, the Roland R, the new digital audio recorder tutorial for the Roland R-05. I created that about a couple weeks ago and 100% of that completed, completely created using the, the new Canon HF-G30. And I bought a new tripod for it and what happened was I bought some new batteries and I figured I'd try some things out with the old camera and for whatever reason, for the last several weeks, the Canon HFG10 has been working perfectly, flawlessly. It stopped shutting off, and it was it was just going great. So I figured, you know, hey, if that's going to continue to work, I'm going to continue to use it for my live Ustream broadcast. I'll just keep it cooked, hooked up and and always set up all the time, and then I have the freedom to take my nice Canon HFG30 and I can record higher quality stuff. Elsewhere, I can take that camera and just pull it and, and go anywhere, and I don't have to worry about if I've taken it out of town with me. Do I, you know, do I have to come back and hook it all up and reconfigure the audio, which is not a lot of fun, let me tell you, uh, to reconfigure it back for my live stream before my next Thursday live broadcast. So that's what I was doing, and then you know it's been working for so long, and then today, right in the middle of this episode of Podcast Answer Man in about two minutes from now, uh, about 10 minutes into the recording, the last time I recorded this episode, uh, the, the the camera just shut off again, just like it did that a long time ago. And I figure, you know what, I'm just gonna sh- stop recording, gonna delete the video that it was recording as well, and I'm going to go ahead and swap out the camera. And you know what, I'm kinda glad that I did. Now, here's the thing, this is episode number 375. If you guys wanna kinda see what the difference here, between the Canon HFG 10 and the Canon HFG 30 is, all you need to do is go over to podcastanswerman.com slash 374, podcastanswerman.com slash 374. That's last week's episode of Podcast Answer Man, and in the show notes, you will see the video recording from last week. Now, go and pull up Podcast Answer Man episode number 375. That's the video I am recording right this very minute. And look at the video quality, look at the crispness of it, the clarity of it, the color of it. This is, in a way, I you know, it was, was it a little frustrating for me to spend the last 40 minutes uh, switching everything over and troubleshooting audio and ground loop noises and all that other stuff? Yes, it was a pain in the rear end. But I'm glad I went through it. I'm glad I went through it because what I have now is better than what I had before. Now... I could just let it be that. I could just say all of those things and say, huh, well, now I'm recording with this new camera. And you might be thinking, well, gosh, Cliff, that's great. I'm into audio podcasting. I, I agree with all the things you say about audio. And if I ever do video it's years down the road, I don't really care what's going on with your video setup right now. That's, that's fine. You can think that. Although I doubt many of you are thinking that. Maybe that's some of my own little things that I think that you're thinking. I, or do you think that I think that you're thinking that? I don't know. Anyway, that's ridiculous. Let me go on. So, here's the thing. But let's think about this for just a moment. Isn't that how life is? And and in many aspects of our life where where all of a sudden we're faced with some kind of obstacle. We're faced with some kind of of situation, some kind of circumstance and we think, "Wow, this is terribly inconvenient." Okay, let's just be honest, okay? And let's just pretend that you're not live streaming when this inconvenience happens, <laughs> there's a good chance that you might actually be thinking or feeling or you might even say things that are a little bit more stronger than saying, eh, what an inconvenience this is. Um, and, and you get a little bit bent out of shape. I don't know about you guys. I, I'm going to just fess up. I get bent out of shape probably, well, no, not probably, definitely way more often than I should. I'm getting better at it. I'm getting better at it, but today was a great experience for me because I did not lose my cool. I, I'm like, okay, this this happened. I'm not happy about it. I'm, I'm not gonna throw a party and say, woohoo, look how awesome it is. I, I had no idea that, you know, and on the other end of this thing, it's like, wow, my videos are being, my videos have been taken to the next level as my friend Marty in the chat room has said today. But um but that's how the thing is is we can get bent out of the shape. The reality is is getting bent out of shape about my camera breaking down and shutting off during the live stream and canceling, you know, you know, interrupting my podcast and really my schedule for the rest of the of this afternoon, you know, that can be very frustrating. And and and, and I could lose my cool. But the reality is losing my cool and getting stressed is not going to change the fact that the obstacle has appeared. The getting getting bent out of shape and losing my colon, getting stressed, raising my blood pressure, that's not going to erase the circumstance that I now find myself in. So what do you do? You say, okay, what? where am I? Assess the damage here. What options now are in front of me? I could do this. I could have actually said, guys, I'm sorry, there's not gonna be a live stream today. I'm going to record the rest. I'm going to go ahead and back and record Podcast Answer Man without broadcasting live. Maybe I'll fix that next week. I could have done that. There's all kinds of options. But the reality is is that um, I, I think it's important for sometimes. And maybe, maybe I'm just talking to myself here. But sometimes we just need to just take the circumstances that we're in and say, you know what? I can't change the fact that this has happened. But here's how I'm going to react to it. And now this is how I'm going to move forward. And it may be different. And here's the thing, not every not every time do we immediately see something better as a result of the adversity that we faced. But I think if you look close enough, and and I'm thinking about all the adversity in my life, all the different things that I faced in my life. Every single time I think that if I evaluate, evaluate it close enough, there's always some kind of thing where... I'm better on the other end of it, having gone through it, hmm, anyway, deep thoughts with Cliff, that's a new segment, <laughs> all right, so, and and by the way, Marty in the chat room, she says, big difference, and so, I, it is a big difference, Look, I, maybe I should do a side-by-side sometime, but I probably won't get around to that, I got too many other things to do, Ah, what's in this this week's episode of podcast? Answer, man. Uh, you know what? We got a. I'm gonna. I'm going to the listener feedback line. I haven't gone in there for a couple weeks now, and the audio files have been piling up. So we got a bunch of questions. A lot of them are technical, related to podcasting and and other things. And so I know some of you are more advanced, and you've got all your stuff all worked out, and you don't need to have all the answers to these tech things but stick around I hope that maybe I can even make the way that I respond to the technology questions a little entertaining for you and if nothing else just you know here's what I love about listening to a podcast that may not necessarily be directly related to what I'm doing or what I need I still find myself listening to podcasts from certain people that I that I like and I admire because of just who they are and and the way that they They handle situations, the way they handle life, the way they communicate and stuff like that. And so, for example, let me just bring up my friend Ray Edwards. He I'm he may actually talk about copywriting and and all of these other things, the things that I should maybe be a little bit more interested in than I'm not, but I'm not interested in copywriting. I'm interested in just saying, hey, this is what I got available for sale. Do you want it? (laughs) If so, here you go. And and maybe that's really effective copy, but Ray has all these other things about, you know, the He's got some great stuff, but sometimes I just listen to it and I just like to hear the way he talks about it. Sometimes I listen to the way Ray communicates about a specific topic that I may not be directly interested in, but I I listen to it for how excited. That's what I look for when I listen to something. How excited and passionate are they about what they do, about what they talk about? And and same thing with Father Roderick oftentimes with Michael Hyatt I listen to his show and and I I listen not just for the content but for how content is being shared and how you know how what kind of stories do they tell how did I how did that story make me feel and and did it engage me did it draw me in even though I had no interest in the overall topic itself so Kind of keep your mind focused on some of those things maybe when I I go into some of the stuff that may not directly pertain to who you are and what you got going on. And the reason why I bring that up because I'm very much often my own worst critic. I know you are as well because I'm not alone in this and I think we all are. And oftentimes I question, you know, the content that I share with you guys on Podcast Answer Man. I question was this valuable you know, it's, it's like, man, that that's kind of boring. And sometimes I get struck by that thing thinking, well, everything that I've just shared today, well, that's kind of just, that's just common sense. Everybody knows that. And sometimes I forget. It's like, well, no, wait a second. The reason why I know the answer to that isn't because everybody knows that and it's super easy. It's because I had to spend a couple hours or maybe even a couple days or even weeks to figure that out on my own, and some of those things I'm going to cover today. But anyway, I'm just all over the place. That's monologue number two for you. And <laughs> no extra charge. How about that? Let's go ahead and turn to the feedback hotline. We'll just take them as they come. Aaron's got a question about a compressor limiter gate. Aaron, take it away, my friend.
1: Hi, Cliff. This is Aaron from Montclair, New Jersey. Uh, I saw your equipment setup that you plug your microphones directly into the mixing board. I was wondering how they end up going through the compressor limiter gate, and why not plug directly to the gate and then have the gate output into the mixer. Okay, thanks so much, hope to hear from you. Have a great day and keep up the great work, bye.
0: Thank you, Aaron, very much, and by the way, when I first got my piece of audio, external audio processing gear, I had the same question. In fact, I first tried to hook my microphone up to the gear directly. Well, let me explain for folks who don't know what we're talking about real quickly. I'll, I'll pro- try to be more brief than I was the first time I, I tried to do this in the last attempt at recording this episode. Anyway, audio press, press, uh, processing gear. First of all, uh, the standard setup that I typically recommend is getting into a mic, going, speaking into a microphone, usually a dynamic microphone, and connecting that to an audio mixer via a standard XLR mic cable. And then I usually go right out of the, uh, the mixer using a, a probably usually it's a, called a CD slash tape out uh, output. And I go analog right through a cable all the way into the uh, the line in input of my digital audio recorder. Now, there are some other things that I could do. But the, the reality is it's, it's basically just taking the audio from my microphone, sending it uh, into the mixer, amplifying it. That's an important key part. The mixer has, uh, when you're plugging it in into the mixer, it has an amplifier built in. It's called a preamp. And that's what takes the audio from your microphone, boosts it up so that you can hear it nice and loud and clear and all that stuff. And you have the gain so you can turn it up so it's mo- the microphone's more sensitive, picks up more audio or less audio, depending on how you want to adjust it. And that's when it gets sent on into the recorder, into what they call the main mix or wherever you're sending the audio to, including my headphones, by the way. So, yeah, that, that, that's that's how the standard setup is. Now, you can buy external uh, pieces of audio processing equipment. Now, Aaron is talking about my compressor limiter gate. I use a, 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 an item called a Behringer MDX4600. It's a compressor limiter gate. It has a couple different features, but really, I only use it for one function and one function only, and that is for its gate. Uh, functionality. That's that's the reason why I I feel like I want to have that piece of equipment, and what it does is it allows me to cut certain audio va- or certain audio from my microphone when I'm not talking. So, for example, what I'm going to do right now, and this should work. And by the way, if you're listening via audio, which most of you are, and you do not yet have headphones or earbuds in, it, this would work better for you if you did have. Uh, headphones on or earbuds in so that you can actually hear this. If you're listening to this, you know, with me speaking in the, you know, in the background, you're listening through speakers and there's other things going on in the room, you're probably not going to pick this up. But if you're listening with headphones or micro or, or earbuds, you're, you'll probably hear this. But what I'm going to do as I'm talking, I'm right here next to the to the microphone with my hands and I'm going to start rubbing them together. And so right now you should hear me. Actually talking when I talk, you should hear my hands rubbing together. All right. Now what I'm gonna do is I am no I'm not going to talk. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep talking right now. I'm rubbing my hands together and I'm gonna stop talking and I'm gonna keep rubbing my hands together, but you won't hear my hands anymore. Okay, so I I did not stop rubbing my hands together, but when I talk, you hear it, and when I stop talking, it goes away. So that right there is what we call the gate functionality. And it also helps if, you know, I might have like an air conditioner vent which right is right above me. If I if I did not have that engaged, you would hear that air conditioning sound blowing into the microphone in the background, maybe just ever so fi- faintly. But the reality is, is my voice is actually much louder than that air conditioner vent. So when I actually talk, you don't hear the air conditioner vent really at all because my voice is overpowering it and when I stop talking, you don't hear it because the gate says, hey, anything below this audio level, it cuts it off. If you wanna learn a little bit more about that, um, you can see my the the piece of gear and, and how I describe it at podcastanswerman.com slash equipment. It's listed on that page. And for those of you who might want to purchase one of those, I have a tutorial on how to hook it up and uh, how to configure that exact model. Now, if you get a different model, my tutorial won't help you. Anyway, the tutorial is over at podcastanswerman.com slash products. All right, podcastanswerman.com slash products. Now, anyway, when I first got my compressor limiter, compressor limiter gate, I saw that the back of it had, you know, audio inputs and outputs for each channel. There are four different channels. So I could send four different microphones or four different sources of audio through this gate that would give me this, this feature of cutting out audio below a certain volume level and each channel on the compressor limiter gate has input and output, and it has two different options. It has quarter-inch plugs, and it has XLR plugs, and I saw XLR plugs, so I basically unplugged my uh, dynamic microphone right from from my mixer, and I went from the microphone, using the XLR cable, into the input Of one of those channels on the MDX forty six hundred, then I grabbed another XLR mic cable and went straight from the output of that same channel from the compressor limiter gate and brought it into one of the XLR ports on my on my MDX forty six or on my mixer, thinking this is gonna work great. And I could hear myself because I did have a dynamic microphone; it doesn't require any kind of phantom power, and I could hear myself, but it sounded terrible. Absolutely horrible. I mean, I could just barely hear it, and if I turned it up to where I could actually hear it at a recording level, where you might be able to hear me, it had so much static in it and all this other stuff. It was it was really horrible. So I'm think. Matter of fact, I thought this is a horrible piece of equipment. I chose not to use it for a long period of time because I didn't know how to use it. And it turns out the reason the problem is is that you need a preamp. You need to take the audio from your microphone and amplify it before you send it into that audio gear now for those of you by by the way let me share with you how i bring my audio and by the way, my tutorial for the mdx 4600 teaches you all this but anyway i have a mixer uh any of your mackie mixers the, 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 the the by the way the mackie 402 vlz3 mixer uh or vlz4 mixer the 402 i do not believe has an insert port i could be wrong off the top of my head, I don't think that it does. However, the, um, the Mackie 802 VLZ4 mixer has this, the 1202 VLC4 mixer has this, and the 1402 VLC4 mixer has this, and it's called an insert port. So what it allows me to do is I plug my microphone from with an XLR cable from my microphone into the mixer. That's bringing the audio from my microphone into the mixer, and it's being amplified because my my microphone I'm sorry. My mixer has a preamplifier in it, and and so it amplifies the audio, and then it sends it all the way through. Well, if I actually plug a a cable called an insert cable, and there you can find all kinds of other names for them, but anyway, you plug an insert cable into it, and it actually will pull the what it does is it it the mixer knows that a cable's been plugged in, and it takes the micro the audio from your microphone through the Preamp, so that the audio has been amplified now, and it goes out that cable. The audio goes out that cable, and on the other end of that cable are two other are two other cables. One is called a tip, and the other one is called a ring. And the tip sends the audio out of the mixer and into the input of the MDX 4600, and the ring receives the audio from the MDX4600 and brings it right back into the mixer and sends it on through, processed. So what's, that's exactly what's happening. I'm speaking into my microphone, it's going into my mixer, my mixer's amplifying it. The insert port and cable is sending that audio from my microphone that's been amplified into the Behringer MDX4600 and the, whatever the MDX4600 lets out of that unit comes back through the insert cable into the mixer through the insert port, and then goes through the rest of the chain in the mixer. That's how that works. Now, some of you out there have a very cheap and expensive mixer that does not have an insert port, and it actually would say insert on it. If you do not have that, you can still use external processing equipment, but what I would recommend that you do is buy an additional, another piece of processing equipment called a preamp. And uh, so basically, these these pieces of equipment are pretty big, and you can put these things in a, in a thing called an equipment rack if you want. And they even make a two a two channel or a, a two U or a two space rack, and you could put a preamp in it and your compressor limiter gate in it. And then what you could do is you can go straight from your microphone into a preamp that that's a standalone preamp and then out of the preamp into the input of the compressor limiter gate, and then out of the output of the compressor limiter gate into your microphone. And that's how that works. Wow. Aaron, that was a lot of fun. Let me tell you, let's move on to the next question, which does, it's actually comes in from somebody who did not leave their name.
1: Hi, Cliff calling me uh, for the podcast answer man. Love your show. Have a microphone question. I know that you prefer the Heil PR 40. Uh, I am considering buying that microphone, but I actually like the freedom of being able to move my head around, and so I'm wondering about different options on microphones, perhaps a headset microphone, something with a headphone-microphone combo, kind of a sportscaster um, headset. And so if you couldn't have your Heil PR-40 and you still wanted high sound quality and had to go with a headset microphone, what would you recommend? Thanks a lot. Look forward to your feedback. Bye.
0: Well, let's see here. You didn't leave your name, so I'm. I'll, I'll just uh, just start speaking. Uh, but anyway, if first of all, I wouldn't do it. I, I had looked into this in the in the past. In fact, I bought some cheap Audio Technica uh, microphones that went around my ears and it just had the little microphone off to the side and stuff like that. And it was a condenser microphone. And I will tell you, I did not like. I don't like condenser microphones for in studio recording, if I can avoid it. Um, you know, so so I I didn't I didn't like that. It really hurt my head and stuff. So I, I wasn't too crazy about that. Now, if I want full quality, really great, amazing sound, which I do, then I'm gonna stick with a broadcast quality microphone, and you know I'm gonna actually teach myself to stay on the microphone and. And I've done that. And, and of course, if I want and one of the things that I do is I wear headphones so I can actually see if I go off mic. For example, if I go like this, I just turn my head a little bit and I just turned off mic. I've trained myself to never do that. And of course, I have a boom mic arm. So that allows me to to really go around. I, I can go all over my studio and and what I'm doing right now. You can't see it uh, if you're listening to audio, but I can't. I just did it, didn't I? Oh man! That slippery slope slippery slope i oh my gosh that is a cardinal sin of audio podcasting while you're recording video, and I just did it, but anyway, the reality is for your mind's eye, unnamed gentleman uh what I'm doing is i can I can move around here and and of course you gotta be careful with you know the sounds and stuff like that that's why you get a a shock mount and all this other stuff, but I can. I can move around and, and do all kinds of things and you would actually never know that I'm moving my head around and I do have a lot of freedom. So I, what I would do is I would keep myself with a nice broadcast quality microphone and have a good boom mic arm, have a shock mount and all that stuff and keep things pretty well oiled up and stuff like that so it doesn't squeak and and it that's what I would do. Now, if you definitely want a head-worn microphone, they're out there. Um, there's not any specific one that I'll recommend to you because uh, personally I don't have a lot of experience with them, but I'm sure you're going to find Sennheiser has some pretty good quality things. If I think to really get decent sound, you're probably going to spend right around 350 and up for such a device. I probably closer to like 600 for a really good sounding one. Um, I'm not sure if there's any that are dynamic microphones. I would assume there has to be some. So that, that would be one thing that I would want, is I would wanna make sure that whatever microphones hanging off to the side of those headphones, I'd make sure that they're dynamic. But um, yeah, it, it, is it going to, the microphone that's gonna come off of the headphones is gonna be so much smaller than a big, huge broadcast quality microphone, so therefore it's not going to have the same richness as voice. But if you're a sports broadcaster and stuff like that, and you're just concerned about getting your audio in there, here's the deal. Uh, for most people, I could probably put one of those microphones on, put put it on my head, and and record this podcast both speaking into my high LPR 40, and I and, and have that microphone go right into my my Roland recorder number one. I could act at the same time put on the same exact microphone that you might buy that's head worn. And have that, and and literally be speaking into that at the same time, and have that go onto a mixer and go into Roland Recorder Number Two and record them both at the same time. And I'm going to tell you right now that probably nine, okay, no, eight out of ten people, approximately eighty percent of the people who will listen to the podcast would not notice the difference between the two. All right. Uh, and 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 certainly those who are listening with the audio playing while they're driving the car over the car speakers. Certainly, people who are playing it through a Bluetooth connected speaker who are doing the dishes or or cleaning and organizing their closet or office or whatever the case they might be doing. Uh, certainly, those people, you know, all you know, people who are listening. Well, the, people who just playing it back. They're, they're, most people are just not going to notice that, and they're not going to care. Now I'm an audio snob, a self-confessed audio snob, so I would know the difference. I don't know that I would know the difference if I was playing it through my computer speakers and I happened to be organizing my closet on the other side of the room. But if I had my earbuds in, if I had my headphones in, I'd notice, I'd notice the difference. So I'm not, sugge- I'm not advocating that you become an audio snob like I am, but your question to me was, if I had to do it, what would I do? And the answer is I wouldn't do it. <laughs> but if I had to, I don't think it'd be that big of a deal for most people. And I don't think it's that big of a deal at all. It's just I'd prefer not to do it if I didn't have to. But uh, Sennheiser, you know, all of the big mic companies, they they have those. Rode probably has them. Um, just just go out and get you one. Look to spend probably a couple, you know, at least 350 and up, probably up. And uh, you're probably going to get something that's going to work just fine for you. My recommendation is make sure that when you get such a microphone that you get one that has the ends terminated already. What I mean by that is you want to make sure, absolutely certain, that that there are two plugs at the other end. So basically you're going to have a pair of headphones with a mic off to the side and it's going to have, you know, your normal headphone cable, and it's going to be a little bit thicker because it's got the microphone cable in it as well. It's all going down this one little cable, but at the end of that, the other end of that, however long it is, it should have two cables, And and, and it should, and by the way, many times when you buy these upper end things, they are just, they're just wires, and they expect you to wire it yourself because they usually send these to big radio stations that want to do that stuff on their own anyway. But you can buy them, but it's oftentimes it's a you know it, it's it's a special thing where you actually get it where it already has the XLR plug for the microphone to plug into your mixer, and it also already has the one eighth inch or one quarter inch headphone plug as well. They don't typically standard come with those plugs, so make sure the one that you buy does have that. All right, Sean has a question. Sean, take it away, my friend.
1: Hi, Cliff. It's Sean Stratton here from seanstratton.com. I'm going to be starting a podcast soon for parents that work from a home office. And I'm having trouble deciding on how far to niche it down. I thought about just calling it uh, work-from-home parenting, uh, but I may call it work-from-home dads. I've been thinking about the title, um, Home Office Dads but uh, I'm afraid I might be niching it too small. Anyway, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. It seems to be the folks that talk about niching as an important part of podcasting have thousands and thousands of listeners. So it's, uh, it's a little daunting starting out. Anyway, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks a lot for all the work you're doing. Bye-bye.
0: All right, Sean. Uh, thank you so much. Now, this question came in quite some time ago. So I feel that you've probably already made your decision because I just did a search in iTunes and I see that there's already a podcast called The Work From Home Dad, uh, which, by the way, I don't think that that's a bad idea at all. I I mean, being niched down, I think uh, knowing your target audience and exactly who you're speaking to, the more narrow and niche and targeted your audience is, you are going to attract that type of person and because you know that per, that type of person and you identify with that type of person, you can consistently and constantly create content specifically geared to always be interested, interesting to that person. And whereas if you were just work at home, uh, it might be work at home moms, it might be work at home dads, and some content might be more geared towards the dad, some might be... Towards more of the women and stuff like that, and so sometimes the some some folks may not think that what you're saying or sharing is applicable as as applicable to them as it is to the other. For example, I deal with that with podcast answer man. My podcast is you know whether you've been creating content for many years or you just started doing it, you know. So I, I I reach a broad audience. Could I narrow this down and say? Uh, you know so you so you want to I could instead of being podcast answer man I could be so you want to start a podcast which is brand new podcasters only every single episode is content like this (laughs) and and the thing is I didn't want to create that kind of show I wanted to create a show that would help people learn how to do a podcast uh, and and would market the fact that I I have courses and tutorials both free I have actually free tutorials and paid tutorials and a course that actually is a The number one source of my income, uh, that people can hire me or take this course to go through and learn how to podcast. I I wanted to create a podcast that would market that, but I wanted, I didn't want to be locked into only talking about new stuff, only talking about podcasting. I wanted, my real joy in podcasting isn't how to, you know, knowing how, what an insert port is, and, you know, and, and my, my real joy in life is not knowing that the, the tip in the ring, that the tip is the send and the and the ring is the receive, you know, in which case I, I know all of those things. And those are extremely valuable to those of you who want to use that equipment. And I can I can bestow that knowledge upon you. But that's not my greatest joy in life. That's teaching people those things isn't my greatest joy. I, I get paid well to do those things, but my greatest joy in life is helping people understand the mindset of what you can do with the content you're creating. So yes, I, that my my podcast, I wanted to be the podcast that teaches you what is possible with a podcast, how you can change the how you can change the world with your voice, how you can take your message, to the next level. How you can create a business just out of the out of the of your knowledge and 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 you can actually leave the old way of doing work and become a self employed business owner and and build something big because you had a microphone and you had a, a a message and a and information you wanted to share with the world that you were passionate about. That's what I want. And so that's why my show is a little bit more than that. But I here's the deal. You've already it looks to me like you've already chosen because I see here the work for work for or the work from home dad. You know, but if if it were my podcast, um, you know, and I wanted to just talk to dads and I felt like that's really my sweet spot, then I probably would have niched it down and I don't think that that's a problem at all. But if I if I if I was just passionate about helping anyone and everyone learn what I know about working from home, and, and you know, if I wanted to, let's just say, create products and services that I know for a fact are going to be just as valuable for women as it is for men, uh, it's going to be just as valuable for somebody who is a man who has kids, aka a dad, or not, okay? So what about all those men who work from home who could benefit from what you have, but they're not dads, Um, So is is it a problem to narrow it down like what you have? No, because there are certain things that dads face that those men without kids don't face, and so you can even more uh, narrowly niche it down and consistently have content that focuses that. But you know, you if it were me, I probably would have just called it working from home. You know, hey, welcome back to another episode from of working from home. My name is. And, and what was your name, Sean? I think it was, is it Sean I'm talking to? I think so, but anyway, that's, I probably would've just done working from home, but I still probably would've had my target audience in my mind, uh, dads working from home. That's that's how I would've done it. I, I don't think that you have, and by the way, my podcast is not 100%, my target audience are small business owners, or uh, solopreneurs, or life coaches, uh, authors, People who, basically my target audience for Podcast Answer Man is people who have the funds necessary that they could afford what I charge for a four-week online training course. And they would actually see that as an investment in helping them uh, shortcut learning all the things that they need to learn to get a podcast online successfully and making use of having access to me and my information that I've gleaned From the last eight years of doing this, creating thirty different shows and all of those different things, so, um, and working with hundreds of other and actually thousands of other people, so, yeah, that that's why. But my show isn't you know, uh, podcast you know, uh, podcasting for solopreneurs or podcasting for business people. My, My it's podcast answer man, and because of that, I do have people who are hobbyists, which is great. I started out as a hobbyist. I love you guys who are hobbyists. But uh, yeah, so I think it's okay to narrow down and niche down and have a laser-focused target audience, but I don't necessarily like or wouldn't recommend narrowing down the title or the, the name of your podcast so narrowed down that it excludes some people who could benefit greatly from your content. Uh, I like a little bit of a wider funnel, on the people who would listen to the show, but I like a very laser-focused, clear idea of who you're communicating to when you're actually deciding to create the content. I hope that all made sense, and I don't think that you made a bad decision. You just made a decision that's different than what I would have chosen. and um, But I, I don't think it's a terrible thing at all. And by the way, you can always rebrand. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that you should. But I'm just saying you can. All right. So that was Sean. Let's go. Here's a, what is this? This is the second time I've had a piece of audio feedback recently with no name. Anyway, here's another no name individual. Hi, Podcast Answer Man. Um,
1: I have a question about my podcast, which is uploaded to iTunes already. We have just edited a much better version of exactly the same episode and um, we would like to replace it in iTunes. Can you tell me if
0: there's a way I can do that? Thanks very much. Yes, there is. And I've done that many times. I've actually done that with Podcast Answer Man before. And boy, when I first started podcasting, my very first podcast was The Lost Podcast over at lostpodcast.com. And oh, gosh, in the first hundred episodes, I probably re-recorded, you know, 10, 15, 20 of them. And and it's real simple. Um, here's the deal. The question is: When you re-record an episode, do you want the people who have already downloaded the original, not so great version, to also get the new version, or do you want just new people who download it from this point forward to get it? So th- both of those options exist. And so if your option is to maybe, um, if your option is to only. Replace it for the people who will download it who haven't already downloaded the original. Uh, then what you could do is you could you could make the new file have the same exact file name and just replace that on your media host. If you're with Libsyn, Libsyn can teach you how to replace an audio file, and just as long as it's the same file name, everything will be the fi- be the just fine. Even if it's got a different length and stuff like that, it's not going to be the end of the world. What will happen? Is those who have already subs- who are subscribed to your podcast, who already got that episode, when their RSS feeds are refreshed and, and they look and their podcasting software is looking to see if there's new episodes, they'll see that you already had that episode. And it's not because it's the same file name. There's a little bit more about the unique ID that's inside your RSS feed and stuff like that. But we're not going to go into that. But just to say that it is possible for you to just, just just simply replace the file. And if it has the same file name, the RSS feed does not even need to be updated. It just will start pulling from the new file instead of the old file. And uh, your media host, Blueberry, PowerPress, um, Libsyn, or wherever you are hosting that file, if you just replace it with the same file name, new subscribers, or new or people who haven't yet downloaded the fir- the first version will then start getting the new version. That's possible by just replacing the file with the same file name. Now, if you want to make sure that, okay, let's just say you have... 3,000 subscribers and about 800 people have already downloaded the bad episode. And you wanna make sure that all 3,000 subscribers get the new one, including the 800 people who've already downloaded the original. Well, it's real simple. Just go in there and create a brand new post, just like you would for a new episode, Give it, um, upload the new one just like you would and it's all brand new so just like it was a brand new episode, you can give it the same title. One thing that I may suggest that you do in the title at the very beginning is put the word reposted or updated. And that way those 800 people who have already downloaded it, they'll look at it and say, why, you know, if you didn't do that, Then I mean, why did I get this again? I've already listened to this episode. And when they see that it's updated, they might say, oh, he must, you know, they must have re-recorded or done something to fix something. Uh And they might think, wow, I'm really glad they did that because, wow, that was horrible. I stopped listening three minutes in. And maybe that's why you re-recorded. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, you might put it in the thing that says updated and after you've posted the new episode with the new file as a brand new episode, then you can go in and delete the one before that, and and that way it'll take be taken out of your feed, and and everything will be fine there. And by the way, what I would do is from that point forward, I would once I publish the next episode after that, then you could go back and uh, uh, update the title. Of the one that you replaced and take the updated or repost message out of the title because then uh, it doesn't matter anymore. You know, hopefully, all the people who had already downloaded it saw that it was updated. You get the point. No need to keep that in the title for forever. So, yes, you can do that unnamed person on my voicemail feedback hotline. Thank you for calling in. And uh, yeah, I, I love it. By the way, uh, before I go further, let me just say this. If you have never submitted a question for Podcast Answer Man, you can do so. All you need to do is go over to PodcastAnswerMan.com slash feedback. There are three different ways that you can do it. A couple of things that I want to share with you. Number one, please only ask one question. Uh, if you ask more than one question, I typically just delete those and move on to people who have only asked one question uh, because I have so many questions. I don't even get to, I, I probably answer about 60% of the questions that come in on the voicemail feedback hotline and the other 40% I just don't get to because there's just so many. Um, so just you know, know that. Only one question, please. Uh, now, you can call 15 different times and ask one question each of those 15 calls. So please feel free to do that. But one question per call. Uh, and here's how you call. You can call my voicemail feedback hotline by the way if you're listening to me right now and you have your phone in your hand you can go ahead and put uh, a new contact get ready go into your contact list add uh, create new contact put in the name and uh, put in podcast answer man feedback uh, or cliff ravenscraft feedback or gspn feedback gspn is the name of my network anyway uh, and then the phone number 859-795-4067 Again, that phone number is 859-795-4067. That's where a majority of my voicemail feedback comes from. It comes on my voicemail feedback hotline. And uh, as soon as you leave a voicemail and hang up, it immediately gets emailed to me as a WAV file. So um, that most of the calls that I've played today have come in that way, although some of them come in a different way, which is through SpeakPipe. Speak which, if you have a microphone attached to your computer, which guess what, you're probably a podcaster, you might have one. Uh, you can just go over to podcastanswerman.com/slash/feedback, and there is a recording, but a little record button. You can actually record it right there, and it will send it to me as an MP3 file using the SpeakPipe system. That actually that can potentially have a much higher quality rate of, of audio than than a phone call, actually. Most of the time it does, unless there's a lot of things going on in the background or something's going on with your computer. But anyway, you can you can do it that way. And then a third way that you can leave me a question, and I usually do questions. I don't necessarily do a lot of, co- this isn't the podcast, an- that listen to your comments answer question? Anyway, you get the idea. I'm the podcast answer, man. Ask me questions. I'm not necessarily looking for a lot of comments. But um, so if you have a question, you can also record it in your own studio using your own podcast audio gear or you can if you have a voice memo app on your phone you can record it with that any audio file if you want you can email that to feedback at gSPn or no feedback at podcastanswerman.com or gspn.tv either way it goes to the same place and then again just attach it as an audio file to feedback at podcastanswerman.com If you want to learn a little bit more about those different options that I've just talked about, you can go to a blog post on my site at podcastanswerman.com slash voicemail to read up on those different options. And and so, uh, yeah, there you go. I love getting your questions. Send them in, please. All right. Moving along. Uh, Let's see here. We're going over to Mike. Mike, take it away. Hi, Cliff.
1: This is Mike Emmert from Sycamore, Illinois, and my podcast is stormstories.net, and I had a question because this is a brand new podcast. It relies heavily, almost entirely, on listener interaction. My question was, in order to keep the exposure in iTunes until I get the interaction that, I, that the podcast needs to stay functional, would it be appropriate to replay episodes that have just aired say within weeks of each other the same ones and just retitle them I've seen older shows do it but they have more content I I just wonder it would that turn off a new audience Um, would iTunes pick up on that and discourage it so I was just wondering what your thoughts
0: were on that thanks Cliff all right Mike so I'm looking here at my notes about your call uh, so, first of all, I, your brand new podcast. Almost everything you do is completely dependent upon listener feedback and interaction and engagement from your audience. And first, let me tell you, good luck with that. Um, and, and I and I mean that in a very kind and loving way. I promise you. It, but but seriously, good luck with that. It, it, getting engagement and and feedback from your audience is like pulling teeth, uh, starting out. It's not the easiest thing in the world to do unless you have an, unless you're a brand new podcaster who is coming to podcasting and you've had an online following uh, from whatever. Let's just say you've got you've been building an online following of 200,000 people on Twitter. You've been doing a Facebook uh, a page and you you got a Facebook group with hundreds and hundreds of people in it, or you've, you're a YouTube star or you're you know an A list blogger that everybody follows chances are if you're one of those people who when you first start podcasting, you have let's just say three, four, 5,000 subscribers right out of the gate, probably getting feedback is not gonna be too, too much of a problem for you and then you wouldn't be asking this question. So I assume that you don't have that in place. So if you're like most podcasts and you get launched and you start out with your first 50 to 150 or 200 subscribers, getting any of those 200 subscribers to call and leave you feedback or engage with you in the show It's just not realistic for that to be so tied to your format that you can't create new content. It's kind of like what comes first, the chicken or the egg. And so I'm going to tell you that you're probably going to maybe need to rethink your format for the show or how you're going to do that or find some way to do what we call prime the pump. All right, uh, so you're gonna you're gonna have to go down and seek out people to be a part of of this show, so that you can create your content, so that the people can get a feel for how you're doing the show, and and slowly you'll you'll eventually see people start to engage with you. And by the way, what I'm sharing with you isn't just my own opinion. This is I, I've I've been watching thousands of podcasters, and I I know that these are the questions people have. Why can't I get people to interact with me? So. Uh, it's not going to happen overnight, so to answer your question, so you, you're you thinking, well, be, until, I, I can't keep creating content until I start getting this engagement, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to just take content that I've just created and and repost it as a new, first of all, why would you do that, and then I listen really closely and it's like, well, because I want to keep up with this exposure in iTunes, I want to keep looking like I have something fresh so that I can continue to, to get more downloads and, and stuff like that, and and I, my, you asked me what my thought are, the thoughts were on that. I think it's a terrible idea. Um, I think that that it, it's possible that you could do that. iTunes certainly isn't going to care if you take old episodes of your podcast from, let's just say, six weeks ago. Let's just let's assume that you're doing a, a weekly podcast, and six weeks ago you did a, a show, and it just didn't get the engagement that you wanted, and and stuff like that, and 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 at least it had what the kind of content you want to create. So your question is, Is gosh, if I take that episode from six weeks ago and upload it as a brand new episode and give it a different title and put that in iTunes, is that going to help me in any way? I don't think it's going to help you at all. Um, it might help with some ratings and exposure. And I- Who cares about exposure in iTunes? I'm so tired of exposure in iTunes and new and noteworthy and blah, blah, blah. That stuff is so overdone. Um, seriously the folks quit obsessing over new and noteworthy it, it, it's 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 just downright not right <laughs> oh gosh I'm sorry did I really just say that out loud ah oh, yeah I did but anyway forget about that here's the thing don't worry about if it's gonna upset a new audience don't worry about if it's gonna upset iTunes well, think about the people who are subscribed to your content All of a sudden, you're telling them, hey, come to my show. I'm gonna create you a weekly podcast. Every week, I'm going to create valuable content that is going to benefit you, that that you're going to enjoy, that you're going to love. And then all of a sudden, you do a couple episodes and you're just not getting the engagement you need, so you just take the episodes from a couple weeks ago, give it a different name, and put it out there again. It's the same, I click play on your episode, I hear the same, it's like, wait a second, what's going on? I know I've heard this episode before, just a couple weeks ago. It, forget about your new audience, your existing audience is going to run for the hills, they're going to unsubscribe for your, from your show, I, so those are my thoughts, you asked for them, I, I'm sorry that they're a little bit more blunt and opinionated than than maybe what I had hoped to give you, but that's from my heart, man, I think that you have a, a, a you might want to consider a different approach to the content that you're creating, so that you can always be creating new content now you said that you've seen some people who have you know pulled some things out of the archives now here's the deal i have 375 episodes now of this podcast after i publish this one and you know is it possible that i could go pull out an episode back you know hey i'm gonna pull out episode number 80 that's green that's what we call evergreen content and i'm going out of town i'm gonna re-release that episode with a new title and 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 put it out there if I was going to, could I do that and and not kind of have the, you know, feeling and reaction that I just had? I could do that. Here's the thing. There are thousands of people who are listening to my voice right now who never heard that episode 80, well, I don't know, just any, you know, any of the episodes back in the single digits or the double digits, you know, they never heard any of those episodes. They've never gone back into the archives on those. And so I could, could I pull that out and just throw it in there and just say, you know what, I'm going out of town. Here, listen to the, you know, I'm going to just put that out there with a new name. I could do that. Would I do that? Probably not. Do I have some friends that did that? Yeah. Did it bother me? No, not as long as it was kind of really far back in the archives and I didn't feel like I just listened to it. But you know what I would do? Even in that scenario, I would actually re-record a new intro and say, hey, what you're about ready to hear is a podcast that I recorded a couple years ago or a couple months ago. I'm getting ready to go out of town. This is why I'm doing this. But this content I created is so long ago that I realized there are so many of you who are brand new to my podcast that you've not heard this before and I think that you should. While I'm out of town, I think it's a great filler. And by the way, for those of you who did hear it when I originally released it a couple months ago or a couple years ago, it's probably, I feel like it's so valuable that it's worth listening to again. So here it is. And then I would actually just plop that thing in there and it's a whole new episode and I put it into the feed. That's what I would do. Anyway, I don't know if that's what you were looking for, Mike. Uh, but uh, actually I think it was you asked me how I felt and that that's what you got. So there you go So Jake take it away. You got the last call of the day. Hey
2: Cliff This is Jake Wolstead with Superbrewers.com. one of the questions that I have for you is How important is just a straight RSS feed in? Uh, the current podcasting environment for myself I still use an old creative Zen MP3 player. So for me personally, uh, an RSS feed is the most useful way for me to subscribe to a podcast. But I've noticed that a lot of newer podcasts only have an iTunes link. So there isn't a way for me to subscribe easily to them. I usually end up digging through and hopefully they have some sort of Libsyn or Blueberry accounts so that I, if I am really motivated, I can dig in and find the RSS feed I need to subscribe. But I'm just wondering how many listeners do you think are being missed because other people out there might be using older technology to l- listen and subscribe to podcasts. Thanks for all you do. I really appreciate everything I've learned from you. Have a great day.
0: Well, thank you, Jake. Thank you so much, really, for the question. And great question. I'm so glad you brought this up. Uh, And by the way, number one, catch up with the times, will you? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, You know, my first uh, first MP3 player was a Creative Zen uh, as well. I had the Creative Zen jukebox. Loved that device um it it actually i think i dropped it and broke it and i had a a warranty on it and i went over to best buy and exchanged it for my first apple ipod oh wow those were the days anyway so i love the creative zen it was a great player and so yeah i know exactly what you're talking about you and, and by the way how many people are out there there are very few of you out there uh who are still using those older devices but the thing is is you know, in, a, in an audience of thousands, you might be missing out on 50 to 100 people who are still using devices like a Creative Zen or or maybe even a, I don't think anybody's still using a handheld PDA, are they? Anyway, uh, but but certainly the Creative Zen, you know, player is a great player and, and it holds tons of data in it so you could do these things. So, yeah, absolutely, you could use that. And um, so so yeah, you want the RSS feed to be able to subscribe and have it automatically download those files. So what Jake's problem is, is that he's coming to people's websites and they've got these brand new podcasts and all they have over at the sidebar is click here to subscribe via iTunes. But there's no RSS feed. The actual link to the RSS feed that that shows people what the RSS feed is just not there. Now if you go to podcastanswerman.com You'll see the iTunes button and you'll see an RSS logo which has the little you know the little curved waves and stuff like that it looks like a little radio signal if you will. Anyway, um, that, that's my RSS feed. So you click on that, it takes you to an RSS feed and and, and that's people can subscribe to it even if they don't have iTunes. Um, and of course in, even in my show notes at the end at the end of my show notes, it's you know click here to subscribe with iTunes, click here to subscribe with RSS. So, I do think it's important to have those. And if you, by the way, as a podcaster, do not have a link to your RSS feed, that just plain old feed within, and of course, if you follow my method, it's your feed burner feed, then I recommend that you do make that available and make it easy, easily visible, just as easily as it is for them to see how uh, to connect to, to subscribe to you in iTunes. However, I have something for you, Jake. You're gonna love this. And it and and we're gonna say thank you to Reagan Star. And Reagan loves it every time I give him a little promotion on Podcast Answerman. He uh he 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 gets a kick out of it. Anyway, Reagan Star created a little app a web app that's going to help you out greatly. And I created a easy way for you to get to it. Go to this address, go to podcastanswerman.com slash get RSS. All right? All you have to remember podcastanswerman.com slash get RSS, G-E-T-R-S-S all together. And if you do that, it's going to take you to the web app. And what you can do is type in the name of any podcast. So for example, I think what we it was work from home dads. Okay. So work from home dads, I'm just typing it in right here. Uh let's see here. Actually, you know what, here it is, the work from home dad. Now that I look at it, I see there's the work from home mom is in here as well. Anyway, so I can see, uh, it, it actually gives me the the shows, all the shows that are in iTunes. I can search and, and by keyword or the title, and um, it will pull it up. And what it does is it shows me the artwork, a little tiny thumbnail of the artwork, shows me the name of the podcast, and it shows me the actual RSS feed that they submitted to iTunes. So, I can see the work from dad is uh, http colon slash slash the work from home dad Pod-o-matic. <sighs> Anyways, <laughs> dot pod .com slash rss2.xml. Oh, okay. I'm not going to go too much more into that other than uh, check out uh, learnhowtopodcast.com. Uh, learnhowtopodcast.com. Make sure you watch the video that talks about RSS feed setup. But, we won't go too much further than that. Um, yeah, it is what it is. Anyway, so um, yeah, but that, that, it is called the Get URS feed on, uh, get the RSS feed of an iTunes podcast application made by Reagan Star, And you can find any RSS feed for any podcast in iTunes by going to podcastanswerman.com slash get RSS. All right, my friends, I am going to knock over my water bottle, turn down my audio really low, click play on my music that is three minutes and 30 seconds long and see if I can say these last few things. Um, First of all, I just want to say, if you guys haven't heard of The Startup Podcast, you might want to check it out. It is a very, very popular podcast that people are talking about. It is made by, oh gosh, do I have his name? Uh, Let's see here. Alex, something. Anyway, um, I can't remember his name right now, but he's the guy who worked with, and uh, he works with NPR. He does uh, Planet Money and uh, This American Life, I think, or whatever. I don't. I never. I'm not an NPR guy myself, but uh, I do like their storytelling and the way that they actually uh, do audio. He's actually thinking about creating an entire network of podcasts who tell stories through podcasting in a very. Pro- very produced fashion and stuff like that. Anyway, what he's doing is he's trying to create a startup company for his podcasting. And he's he's always been employed. He's never been a he's never been self-employed before. And now he's actually going to create his own startup in quotes. Um, and so he's trying to do this by crowd or not crowdfunding. He's trying to do this by getting funding from angel investors. And uh, he's trying to. I think he's trying to raise like 1.5 million dollars. And his he's actually it's an audio documentary of his journey of trying to build this business of whether it's going to be successful or not. You have to continue to listen to this on uh, unfolding audio drama, if you will, of him telling the story. It's done in an amazing way, really engaging. And the interesting thing is, is yes, it's number one, but I know why it's number one. The guy has the weight of the audience of NPR behind me. He's very popular and stuff like that. So that's how he got to number one, but it is worth being in number one because it is a great show. Warning though, interesting thing, he dropped two F-bombs, if not three. Was it two or three? Do I have that in the notes here? Um, yeah, three, no, two. He dropped two F-bombs in the third episode within the first few minutes of the third episode, and there's no explicit tag on that. So, um he better watch it because iTunes will actually jerk the podcast out of iTunes uh, if he if he doesn't uh, doesn't watch it. Anyway, uh, I still have a minute left of audio. So what? By the way, ugliest artwork I've ever seen in my life as for a podcast. And I by the way, I've seen some really terribly ugly artwork. And in fact, a very close friend of mine, most of you, and I'd say about ninety percent of my audience who listens to me knows who this person is. He's he's that popular. And he actually said, I've never, I actually heard about it. I saw it. I, I saw it in iTunes and I decided not to listen because it had such ugly artwork. I'm not kidding you. But um, anyway, go check it out. It's called uh, The Startup. And I, is it called, is it over at herestartup.com? I think you can go there. And um, you know what? I'm going to keep going for a little bit more because I, yeah, I, I think it, I think it's here startup.com girls are singing. Yes, that is it. This is a series about what happens when somebody who's who knows nothing about business starts one. It's called Startup. Listen, subscribe, sign up. So there you go. How Not to Pitch a Billionaire. Uh, number two is podcasting is the future or the past. Uh, how to Divide an Imaginary Pie. It is really compelling content and... Uh, certainly I recommend that you guys check it out. I'll start that music again, and I promise you I will wrap up by the time it's over this the second time. But uh, yeah, so let me just see in my notes here, what did I wrote? Um, my thoughts, number one, is who needs $1.5 million to start a podcasting network? Just go out and start it. But here's the deal. He's going to have an entire production team behind it. And this The kind of content that he's creating, I already hear people who are being inspired by this they want to start creating it on their own, but I'm like, either make that your full-time job, and you're not doing anything other than, you know, storyboarding everything and stuff like that, or hire an entire team of people. But if you're gonna to try to create a, a business out of this, you're gonna to have to have some funding somehow, some capital to to run this thing for a while and, and to. So I, you know, initially I was thinking, why would he need 1.5 million dollars? I you know i I think you i know a lot of people who've started podcast networks who didn't start with 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 money like that and i've seen people by the way i won't say any names adam Kirby, uh but i've seen some people out there who are very popular who got lots of funding and did create a network worked at it for years and it still didn't quite make it it didn't make the cut so who knows we'll see but um It'll be interesting. I, I'm enjoying the story, and I and I wonder if you guys are as well. I'm pretty sure you are, many of you. And if you have heard about Startup but you decided not to listen to it because they have that ugly artwork, well, get beyond the artwork. I can promise you, there's something. Don't judge that book by its cover. Uh, it's really good. Uh, let's see here. Why did Why did it jump to number one? I, I, it's like, why did it jump to number one? Why is it so popular? Well, number one, it it is great content, but I don't think that that alone is how it got to number one and, and stuff like that. I think it got to number one because of the promotion and, and the audience that's behind NPR. And I think it deserves to be number one. And now that it is number one, I, or, or in the top-ranked podcast, I think it'll stay there for as long as this thing plays out. Because it is that great, and it is of, it is of that caliber. So, just... It, I. I Here's my my prediction: Is how long before they change the artwork? <laughs> it, you know, if you're gonna have a professional, if you're out gener- trying to generate 1.5 million dollars, at least you'd know a little bit more about artwork. Uh, just, that one, that kind of just blew me away. Uh, yeah, and and um, you know, personally, I'm hoping that in the future there's not a whole lot more f bombs or that they might be bleeped out a little bit. I'm not easily offended by that stuff, but man, if I have that and the kids are in the back seat or whatever you know, whatever. I I don't know. Ah, That'll wrap it up. There's more that I could say. I could promote my upcoming uh, session with uh, my workshop with Ray Edwards. If you don't know about it yet, head over to nextlevelstudio.tv. God bless you all. Until next time, I encourage you to take everything you're doing to the next level.
1: It can